This week on the Lord's Grantham podcast, we are revisiting the series finale of Downton Abbey. That is the Christmas special that aired after the finale of the last season of the show. This is our second time talking about it. Can't wait to dive in. Let's go. So much for my happy ending. And you've been hearing our classics. You heard about High Clear Castle Gin and Cigar, but the Lords of Grantham are back with a fresh new episode covering the Downton Abbey series finale. How's it going, Corey? It's going okay. How about you, Dave? It's going. Family's down with for the count with COVID. This new variant oh, no, man. is uh running amok. So I'm like Tom Cruise in Mission Impossible, just trying to like duck and dodge my way around the COVID germs. <laughs> yes, you're you're hoisted on a cable, uh, diligently making your way around the house or some something like Tom Cruise would do. Yeah, there's you're, there's nothing more unsettling than walking around your own house with a KN95 mask on. I I mean, that's part and parcel for living in New York for me right now. I leave my apartment and just mask on. Mm-hmm. That's just oh, yeah, but home is I usually the, the sanctuary, if you will, where you don't yeah, have to. But, nah. uh, but you know where they're not wearing masks? Down Abbey. Because <laughs> it's 100 years ago, baby. <laughs> yeah, that's it's the all segue. clear back is that, then. That's the segue we're going with. <laughs> well, I mean, what else do we want to touch on? The movie has landed uh, overseas. We've mm-hmm. already heard from people who have watched it. We, do, we still don't know anything about the movie, uh, aside from the trailers. Uh, mm-hmm. Reviews have been mostly positive, not quite as glowing as they were for the first film. Uh, but that's not necessarily but, a bad thing, though. Yeah, I, I mean, if anything, I hope it just means they're maybe more directly serving us than they are just general movie audiences. Mm-hmm. Uh, but just for reference sake, uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, always reliable Rotten Tomatoes, uh, Downton Abbey, the first movie, had an 84%. The new era currently, just based on its international reviews, is at a seventy-four percent or seventy-two percent, rather seventy-two percent. And do, how many reviews? Uh, they're at a solid forty-seven. Uh, okay. Right now for new era. So a decent amount. It's not like twelve. Yep. That's not bad yeah. though. Yeah, and just in terms of how it's performed at the box office, it's a little softer than the first film. Um, part of that being that it's coming out in April, uh, where uh, weather is getting better there and people are going outside compared to September. Uh, also COVID, but, you got you got to factor in COVID. Exactly. Older audiences are not too enthused about returning to the theater, no matter what's there. And then on top of that, as we already know, this will be hitting streaming like most other films within a couple months of it already being in theaters. So that's just how it goes. Mm-hmm. But they, they did have a red carpet. And uh, if you have a chance, I recommend people to check out some of the looks served on that red carpet for a new era the other week. <laughs> uh, I mean, only only one really caught our eye. Truly caught. I mean, the re- women look beautiful, as always. A few yeah. of the downstairs women, it's always shocking to see them dressed up and done up in real mm-hmm. life because it's like, Holy smokes, Baxter's a human. Or she's da- got blonde hair. Daisy's <laughs> a, a real woman and not a, a shrew. And, yeah. And but but I think we both kind of popped for our boy Birdie. 
Yeah, Birdie is doing something else on that red carpet. He, he, if people have been looking, there was a red carpet event recently with Dan Stevens where he was throwing it back to like the 70s or 60s with some kind of retro, loose-fitting clothes. The star show, Gaslit, that show that he's on with Julia Roberts. Yeah, it, it, he he is serving a strong 70s look. What Birdie is doing here for Downton Abbey New Era is like the discount store version of that. <laughs> like the, the cheaper fabric... Maybe uh, one less shirt on th- th- than Dan Stevens, and uh, and not doing any sh- any favors with his hairline either with that short hair. No, he's he's not hiding that he's losing his hair. It's he, he looks like he just stro- uh, just strolled in from the closet. He was just hanging out in and found some clothes to throw on. Yeah, and that's it's so strange. And that's Harry Harry Haddon Patton. It's a choice, man. It's it is a strong choice. The other choice that that stuck out to me was just Jim Carter, Carson. He literally looks like he's he's dressed for like some banquet dinner, mm-hmm. it, it, like not a fancy banquet dinner, but you know, like the kids' soccer league is over for the season, so he's going to go attend <laughs> their banquet. Now let's just compare that bu- to what they put him in for the Wonka premiere. Yeah, we'll we'll see what that is, but it's just a button up with you can see the belt and the and the the slacks he's wearing. It's a it's a fifty dollar getup. It's got to be. I mean, I'm sure it's a couple hundred dollars, but something that's being generous. Hey, you don't knock the man. He's economic. Yeah, I mean, at that point in life, yeah, I'll just I'm just glad to be there. Probably. Oh so. yeah, for sure. And with his wife too. It's true. It is true. Uh, but yeah. Encourage people to to check out those photos and get hyped for the movie because it is around the bend. And I'm sure for other people, they've already just watched the movie. And so what we're doing here is recapping the series finale of Down Abbey for you. And then in short order, you'll be hearing us talk about the the movie once again. Yeah, so Uh, we're going to – this might not come out on its traditional day because we're going to keep on – If by the time you're hearing this, we've backloaded all those catch-up episodes. And I think – before we get into the finale, which we'll do in a second, we've been pitter-pattering around it. The last episode we watched before this one was season six, episode four. So we have leapfrogged most of the hospital drama. We've leapfrogged the ulcer bursting, bursting, and we've leapfrogged all of Mary and Henry Talbot. And we leapfrogged all of the health issues with Isis the dog and oh, yeah. the <laughs> incoming uh, bunch of new dogs. Uh, you know, we, we, we lost some L's. Uh, we, we lost some W's there. But I, I think it's okay. And you we, know what? I, I was thinking about this as I was I was watching this. And, you know, I think considering we watch shows like Poldark that have like three more seasons, four more seasons for us to cover. Bridgerton's back. The Crown is back. We always like these sort of Downton interludes. And I'm kind of glad we didn't burn through all of season six because there are some ripe moments that we didn't get to that I think will be really refreshing when we're not like we're like bathing in Downton. I think we, this is like when a Fast and Furious come, movie comes out for you, for the two of us where we just like watch all the movies, read all the interviews, listen to all the podcasts. And then when it's over, you're like, thank God I enjoyed the ride, yeah. but I need a break. So I feel like. It's like we're, we're guzzling a two-liter of Downton right Downton, now. Yeah. A two-liter of, of Highclere Castle gin. <laughs> yeah, just to the face. We're taking it. Uh, but yeah, this is the third time we have watched the series finale. Uh, second time recording talking about it, but third time personally having watched the series finale. Dave, any high-level takeaways from this Down Abbey series finale? Just 
straight off the rip? Um, you know, I was thinking about this because this is a long episode and I feel like we don't really need to spend a lot of time dwelling on the plot as much as I think mm-hmm. we can talk about it as a finale. I think it's too clean. Really? Yeah, I think it ties up all the loose ends happily. I don't think there's any sort of, like, there's not even any, like, melancholy. There, aside from maybe Carson? Yeah. Everybody Yeah, a little, little bit with Carson. I mean, I do have people in the down rankings. So I, I do, too. Not everyone I do. So, well, rather, this is, like, and this happens every couple years for WWE, but... Mm-hmm. You know, WrestleMania is the culmination of all these stories that go week to week. And then every now and again, there's a WrestleMania where all the good guys win. And you just walk out going like, that's the story they ch- told? And for me... <laughs> was that simple? <laughs> the Downton finale is very much like, good guys won. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> ah. Hey, man, love conquers all. I think that's what uh, Julian's trying to show us. Uh, it, it makes me think, you know, with how much drama there is going on in the Gilded Age... Eventually, that'll all resolve and be happy. <laughs> It'll get there eventually in the Gilded Age. Oh, yeah, jeez, I'm curious how. What? Very curious. But we got some seasons with that. <laughs> uh, where do we want to start with this, though? I think we should just talk about some of the stuff that that's quick and painless. Um, Daisy mm-hmm. is still dragging Andy along. Yeah, and Patmore's just like, come on. Just marry him, and and so does uh, what's his name, Mister Mister Mason, not Mister Drew. Mm-hmm. Mister um, Mason is like he's a good guy; he could do worse. Mr. Andy's helping with the roof, and Daisy's like I- he looks he looks great on the roof, by the way, wearing the white shirt and looking all dirty and stuff. That doesn't do anything for Daisy. She's just kind of like, yeah, not for me. I, and he's tall, and then, <laughs> he's got well trimmed hair. It's funny that they say um, that Patmore brings up the point that. Um. You've done this before with, mm-hmm. what was the guy, the tall guy's name? Alfred? Not, yes, Alfred, not not William. But she's like, you did this mm-hmm. with Alfred, we've been here before. And nobody brings up William. That this was like a multi-episode arc after William had died that Daisy's like, did I really care about him? Did I really love him? I didn't love him, I didn't love him. And, you know, it's like all these nice guys throw themselves at Daisy for whatever reason, because... The more she's young, the more she's a, a I've single. Re- yeah, I guess if that's your, all your qualifications, <laughs> she's breathing. <laughs> she's so frustrating. <laughs> hey, man, she, she just got an education. Let's just give her her flowers. That of what yeah, we she, can. She just took two elementary school classes with an uncredited teacher and Mr. Mosley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, what better time for her to get married? She's about to inherit a, fa- a farm potentially from Mr. Mason. Yeah, or work alongside him uh, on it. Uh, which again, just teeing up for the movie. It's kind of funny how <laughs> this is so important to Daisy's day to day, helping Mister Mason with this. And what do we get in the in the movie? I don't know. <laughs> Not much though. I'll, I'll and say that and much. Andy is still sort of like a little bit more defined that he they're an item, mm. but they have not set a wedding date. And yeah, we'll talk but, about but that, that more when we talk about the move, the first movie again. But but the general consensus, at least here, is with Daisy, you could do worse. So why not go with Andy? I would go to Andy. I feel like that's you could do better. It's it's kind of funny to think though. I feel like that's been the general logline for Daisy throughout the series. William, you could do worse. Alfred, you could do worse. And it's like if we had to rank them, Alfred's definitely at the bottom of that heap. 
You think Williams probably? You think Alfred is, is like above a, any of them? Uh, uh, that man will be cooking for you. He's a doof. <laughs> you look at that guy. He he just he can't even get a sentence out straight, man. I don't know. I think I think William might be might be on the bottom for me. Really, William? Poor, poor William. Thing is, Andy's I mean, a, Andy's a good looking guy, but I feel like I don't know his skill set. Okay. I thought Alfred he, was a charm. He works on roofs. What, what do you need to know about his skill set? Alfred is a go-getter. Alfred is a, is a... Yeah, he also just got shown up multiple times by, uh, what's it called, Mr. Stroke and Jimmy, Jimmy. <laughs> with Ivy. Right, he got whatever. nowhere with Ivy. <laughs> I guess he is a cook. He does, he does cook well, but... And he's tall, so at least their kids will even out in height. He's just ugly. This is, is the beginning and end of William it, man. Is, Alfred William is, just, is not a looker, too, especially... I, compared to Alfred, Alfred looks like I don't know. Alfred man. looks like he could be like Jesse Plemons's cousin. No, Alfred looks like Casper the Ghost with a mop of hair, okay. <laughs> a mop of red hair. All right. Well, I mean, I think if we're talking about who's the best looking, I think Andy is the best looking. Of the, of the Far and away, and that's why I mean when she could do a lot worse. And it's like if we got to rank them, Andy and William are. I mean, uh, William and Alfred are definitely below Andy. Yeah, but if that's her type, if she likes the sort of ginger, awkward ginger boys. I don't know. I don't know if she actually has a type. Yeah, she's also like I think canonically like twenty two. So she's, I think she's too old to be acting like this, but simultaneously young enough to be naive about all of this, especially in the twenties. But I think I, the truth of it, her type may may actually be Pat Moore. Hey, don't hey, knock it. They're, 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 they spend a lot of time together, or it could be Mr. Mason. Maybe that's that's the truth of it. She cares about him the most of anyone uh, on the show. Mm-hmm. But uh. He's too old for her. But we do see with Daisy, though. She is trying to impress Andy. She does make an effort. Yes, with the hair. She, because she, she tries to go rogue and cut her hair. And thankfully, Anna is there to help with the hairdresser she bought for Lady Mary. I'm so glad that Jillian went this way. Because I, I, when they were doing it, I was like, she's going to mess her hair up. I know I've watched this episode before. I couldn't recall. But it's like, she's going to mess her hair up. And lo and behold, she absolutely could not cut her own hair on your own. You you, you should never uh-uh. try to cut your own hair unless you're trying to shave bald. Yep. That, that's the only way <laughs> Says, you, can, you can get it done right. Coming from a podcast hosted by two people that cut their own hair. <laughs> yeah, I, I trust myself with that. No one else. But uh, yeah, cutting hair otherwise, do not recommend. I think that's what happened with Birdie on that red carpet. Potentially, <laughs> He tried yes. cutting his own hair. <laughs> um, I think while we're downstairs, anyways, it's pretty easy to knock out... Uh, Anna and Bates, an unfortunate, a, a good ending. Wait, does Dizzy end, end up with Andy at the end of this? I think it's kind of like, you know, I'll give you a shot. You're a good guy kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, right. That, that's kind of how they leave it. Anna and Bates, pretty straightforward. A nice mm-hmm. moment at the end when Anna gives birth in Mary's bedroom. Very funny <laughs> to hear Carson. Be Carson's like, like, what is going on? They're like, well, where else do you want to have her go give, deliver a baby? I feel like there's a missed opportunity to see Carson barge in the room and see the full show of her birth and that baby. That would, would die. Oh, I would have paid money to see Carson <laughs> see that. Uh, but flash forward, you know, she's got s- some sweaty hair. It's a it's a New Year's baby. It's coming out New Year's Eve. Yep. And Bates is holding it, and Robert shows up with a glass of champagne. Or no, a bottle of champagne and two glasses. I don't know who the second glass is for, but... Anna. He, Anna. After popping a baby, she she's going to drink champagne. Months. 
She's got to breastfeed that baby. She's going to. It's the twenties. The first thing that know. baby's going <laughs> to. The first thing that baby's going to taste champagne, is some champagne. <laughs> yeah, some definitely some bubbly on that child's lips. Oh my god! You know John Bates's baby. He's got to have a little something. And isn't Bates sober? <laughs> no, he. I think he, I think he was an alcoholic, but he's not an alcoholic anymore. So Robert's are, are potentially about, enabling him. Are you talking about Bates or are you talking about Brennan Coyle himself? I'm talking about Bates because remember when he says with, he was with the Vera, he was like villainous because he was on on the sauce. <laughs> but we I do like see him drinking in the sh- in the show. I, I, like, I like the idea that <laughs> Bates has a baby. Well, time to hit the sauce again. Robert's porn. <laughs> gotta gotta cope somehow. Drink. I gotta do something. I can't say no to this. Yeah. And it's crazy, you know. He's standing there strong, holding that baby. No cane, no cane inside or anything. Yeah. Yeah, man. <laughs> the, the cane comes and comes goes. Comes and goes as needed. It. Yeah. I think also downstairs is we just have a brief sort of passing of the torch with Mosley, where he gets the job offer to be the teacher. Mm-hmm. Now I think had we spent more time with the season, this would have felt more lived in. But coming in now, it's like, oh, okay, Mosley, good, good for you. What a turnaround. It is a nice moment, though, where he, he's trying to figure out whether to give his notice or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Carson's like, do whatever you want, man. Take, take your time. Carson is, I just is know you're not be gone. in good, good shape this week for, for more, I mean, many reasons, we'll, which we'll get to. But he's emotionally yeah. beaten down by this point. It's, it's kind of wild to say that the last thing he needs to hear is Mosley maybe leaving. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of his groomsmen. That's true. He was one of his groomsmen in his wedding. Uh, and, and, and I like how they kind of subtly tee up the movie here where Mosley's like, if you ever need an extra arm or something like that when a big event's coming on, going on, you got me. I'm here, and baby. Lo and behold, they will. <laughs> Mosley will be needed. So can, um, I think we can talk nice. about... Or do, can you talk about Mosley? Yeah, just with him with Baxter. Uh, you know, saying like, you know, I still want to keep in touch and... and, and see you and she's she's proud of him uh you know we talk about happy endings here and i feel feel like julian stops just short because he's hedging his bets for any potential movies and stuff but it is a nice moment to see them kind of end on together baxter's too nice to be sitting around waiting for mosley yeah i mean and also she's like on the dl i feel like she would make the first move it's it's the same yeah we really just need someone to tell baxter you could do worse that that's what she needs to hear. <laughs> yeah, especially you know, they're too older. Folks. With Mosley, yeah, Mosley, with Mosley, Mosley, she could do worse. Mosley, this is, this is Mosley's got one shot. He's got to do it. Yeah, but he's a teacher now. He he's got money. She could do a lot worse. No, he's uh, got educator money. It's probably not too much more than what he has. He has a cottage. He has his own house. Yeah, she could do a lot worse. Yeah. Is what I'm saying. That's right. Um. So yeah, you were saying though, Carson though. Carson suddenly gets the 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 palsy. <laughs> <laughs> the, the emphasis on the palsy <laughs> it was coming for him because his his grandfather had it, his father had it, and just out of nowhere, and then he said he knew it was coming. It. Six seasons, not a single allusion to it, which I understand. Okay, that's that's fine. He doesn't need to necessarily reference it, but it just. They're really kind of like... It was like two huge f- spills. Yeah. Julian was just like, I need to figure out how to get him out of here uh, so so we can figure out what to do with Barrow. And here we are. Just shaking everywhere he goes. 
Yes, it, it's sad, but it's also like it, it feels like finale writing. <laughs> I got the shakes. Uh, I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna, how do we I'm gonna, write go. this guy off without making him seem like, not write him off, but how do we write him out of this role without mm-hmm. losing him? Respectfully. But, yeah. And it, it, I don't even know if it's respectfully because he's like, I've totally known that this is coming. And instead of telling my wife, instead of telling my employer, instead of telling Mary, like imagine if he was with Richard Carlyle and this is going down. Carlisle would just like uh, take him outside and <laughs> take him behind the shed. <laughs> You're shaking. Yeah, that's right. Because because like he it. was po- po- he was potentially going to be the servant of Marion and uh, and Carlisle. Uh, yeah, he'd he'd get iced on the spot. Uh, a doubly uh, troubling things for Carson is that Barrow got a job in York at another house. Yes, this is the. And, uh, the the Barrow departures is very well. The Barrow redemption arc is so good. Oh, again, he's probably the most interesting character on the show in terms of just the dynamics with him, and and what he has to go through. Uh, and this is just a, a great cherry on top to his whole story. He finally gets a job after this whole season of trying to seek one out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's actually excited about it. Seems like, or he's eager. He he, you know. Yeah, he he knows like this is what I got to do. This is the best of of the worst kind of thing. Sorry, kids. You know the horse rides are over. He can't carry around everywhere. Yeah, Mister Bowwow. Uh, <laughs> by the way, that child, he came back for the 2019 film. Not in a new era. That child. We'll find I'm out so what curious. happened to him. Meanwhile, Sibby is the same one throughout. Huh. Hmm. Yeah. Maybe they needed a boy that was small enough for Barrow to still carry around. Uh, who knows? Uh, but what's going on at the house that Barrow works at now, Dave? Not much. <laughs> that That's correct. There's only about a couple hands to help out. But they're all f- about formalities. So <clears throat> when Barrow puts in, you know, his request for a day off for Edith's wedding, he says, oh, you know, the, the maid or whatever is going to be serving you tea. And the, the old man is like, the maid serving us tea? Why? And, and you know, Barrow's like, geez. You know, underworked, or rather overworked, understaffed, and and inconsiderate of these people as individuals. Uh, yeah. Well, what do you expect when you have, like, two or three people uh, yeah, and this guy, hired to work All in? these people are like, times are changing. You need to do more work. And it's like, sh- shut up, man. <laughs> yeah. I, got, I need a day off. Um. And it's funny, compared to some of the other families that we saw him uh, interview for uh, some of the other households, this one seems like decent. It's just a sign of the times that there's a lean budget for the, for these houses. You know, mm-hmm. you can only allocate for so much uh, help. But uh, yeah, Carson, is, he's trembling. And, it, you know, even Mary notices it. She she talks to him and is like, oh, man, what are we going to do about this, Carson? Like, you need to enjoy your life. <laughs> Yeah, and then we fast forward to Edith's wedding. Yeah, we we jump ahead several months in, in the episode itself. Yeah, because after you know all the stuff with Edith, she's like, "Why don't we get married on New Year's?" It's like, okay. which is kind of funny to think that like there's they started to gain some awareness of Carson's shaking, and then they just kind of let it ride for a few months, I guess. Yeah, maybe he has a couple more terribly embarrassing moments of spilling red wine on people. It, it would be hilarious if, the, if in, in the time jump we just see a bunch of red stains on the carpet from all the wine he spilled. <laughs> Hey, that would be, well, I mean, that would totally be realistic, too. Yeah. And they just, they couldn't let him go because they just love Carson so much. 
but we do see though around the holidays that Andy is pouring for Carson, and even Robert's like, "the the bottle's right there. What, what what's going on?" And they're like, "No, no, no. Just let Andy pour it. We got it." Yeah, you'll get a heavy pour, Robert. Don't worry. Yeah, don't worry. Now that your ulcer's healed. Yeah, but there's a uh, there's no cure for Carson, and uh, there's no cure except got- apparently a year or two of just gardening and not working. <laughs> it treats everything. It treats all the illnesses. Yard work. It'll do it. But uh, who is it? But, is it Robert or Mary that makes the call when Thomas helps him at the wedding? <clears throat> yeah, because uh, I think he's because uh, the Hexens are there and, and can't risk Carson making the scene. And then Barrow's like, "I can step in. I can help out," which leads to Robert being like, "You know what?" He could he could do this job maybe, and, and Carson Carson says I did train him I did that is me I did but ima- teach him everything he knows. Imagine that like one of the most important days of your career. Mm. Your boss is like, dude. I think you should quit. <laughs> I, I I think the follow up would be do I get a severance <laughs> can I get be taken care of but they you know they say you got a house you're living rent free you got a, they do say you get a pension yeah I I would take it if I were Carson I mean he does take it which is uh he's prideful yeah but it wraps up so perfectly I know I know like you you're saying there's a lot of happy endings but this <laughs> is one where I feel like it comes together even if it is shoehorned in this whole trembling thing the whole shaking it, I think it ends up just where it needs to be. Oh yeah, yeah, and it's it's good. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, There's also Spratt and yeah. Banker. There, <laughs> yes. While, while we're covering the downstairs, uh, Spratt has become a column a columnist for. Oh, also, before paper. we before we could talk about that, we totally skipped over the fact that Barrow tries to take his own life a few episodes prior. Oh yeah, they do casually reference that when he's leaving, like. Oh, th- yeah, thanks for helping me out with that thing. Oh, no problem, sir. A- Anna and them are best friends. Yeah, Andy's best. Ba- yeah. Bates is like, what's well, better for us to part as friends? <laughs> After all we've been through. There's a real wrestling, pro wrestling rivalry where they're like bitter enemies to reluctant friends to indifferent to like po- positive ending. The only thing missing there is as they went for a handshake is like a close shot of them like squeezing each other's hands <laughs> as they shook their hands. <laughs> Julian is the first and only ever slam zoom. <laughs> yeah. Still want to see another fight between Bates and uh, At this Barrow. point, I don't think Bates stands a chance. Really? I don't think Bates and his... I don't think Brendan Coyle versus Rob James Collier ends well for Brendan Coyle. I feel like men who have babies when they're older, they get it like a second wind because they're like lifting that well, baby up and down and versus stuff. Versus a marathon runner? In the, maybe, the yeah, physical I think prime I, of his life? Bates is curling that child. Like he is getting jacked up. I think he could he could throw a punch at Barrow and just knock him out. If he could land it. It's entirely possible. He could. Yeah, but so so we'll talk more about those two next week. Um mm-hmm. Spratt and Danker. Danker wants to spoil that Spratt has the job with the writing the column for Edith's paper. And yeah. she figures it out by spying and she tries to threaten Spratt and he's like, I don't I don't care. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. yeah, he's got a successful column, you know, giving advice on, uh, was it decor and fashion and everything? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so kudos to Spratt. He's making it work, and Danker's just up to her nefarious ways of listening through doorways to, to see what's going on. And she's not too casual about it when she talks to the Dowager, where, uh, you know, it's a shame that you're going to have to, like, you know, sack this guy for, for going behind your back and doing this. And look at, I mean, look at this paper. And, and the Dowager even notes, like, oh, you open the paper exactly to where uh, the article is. But, uh, to Danker's dismay, the Dowager is actually entertained by this. She's cackling. She, she was happy. Yeah. It's a funny thing. And then Sprat we see at, this the, advice. at the wedding at the end, she sees Sprat and Danker and she tries to, you know, she makes a comment and Danker thinks like, uh-oh, you're done now. And again, this is months removed from this being a discussion point. And she's like, I love the column. You got it. Next time you're telling me what to wear when I go out, and Sprat's like, "Er, wonderful." Everything worked out just fine for Sprat. Good, good, good old Septimus. Good, good for Septimus Sprat. Yeah, move it. Going on to not need the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that covers most of the the downstairs. Uh huh. Just moving things along in terms of order of priority. Uh, more references to Cora running uh, things at the hospital and taking time away from the family. Robert being frustrated that she is pulled away to that all the time. Mm-hmm. And and sort of not like rudely, but kind of like, you serious, Cora? You going right now? Not going to be here for this? Yeah, he, he doesn't get it until... We see uh, Cousin Rose shows up oh, yeah. for, for the wedding. Scene steal it. Uh, Cousin Rose, who just had a baby three months ago, leaves that child far away. For Christmas and for New Year's. Wild. Wild. Different times. And, and, and to your point, you know, maybe she's been drinking too <laughs> right, right as soon as she popped that oh, baby. Oh, she definitely is. She's definitely thrown down. You know her. Cousin Rose doesn't care. Yeah, she's having fun. Uh, but one of the things that she does while she's home is take Robert to the hospital uh, meetings to see what's going on there. And this is a nice moment. We see Cora's holding court. Mm-hmm. People are asking questions about their health care coverage, about what's happening, what's going to happen going well, forward. Yeah, will we still have Clarkson or not under this new regime? Like, well, I don't know. Do you still want him? They will. They will have Clarkson. Uh, but uh, Robert's proud. He's really happy to see that his his wife is really running the show somewhere. And I think I like the resolution of this bit because Cora's like, oh, you came? Why didn't you say hi? And he's yeah. like, oh, I was just watching. And they're like, oh, cool. All right. And <clears> it <throat> even comes up later, too, with the pats on the back to, to Cora that, you know, the Dowager tells her, you know, it's her village up to her to run it well. She's accepted it. Which... So glad we spared ourselves the time of having to go through all of that because, man, what a long way for the Dowager to get there to just be like, you know what? Fine, <laughs> good on you, Cora. Yeah. And and also going on upstairs is a uh, our buddy, our new friend, uh, Henry Talbot is has, is retired from racing because of the accident he got in a couple episodes ago. His friend died, and he's a he's a man without a purpose right now, and. He doesn't want to be a, a lazy bum who doesn't do anything but help with the property. Mm-hmm. And we see that Branson is having a somewhat similar crisis of, of self. 
You know, he's back at Downton, but he doesn't really know what to do. He's not the agent like Mary is. Yeah, he's like a co-agent. And what's mm-hmm. the fun in that? So we, him, yeah. him and Talbot, go. they open a garage. Branson and Talbot. <laughs> that, that's the name of the place. So now, like, every time the, the, the wives and the women are causing them trouble, they just walk down the street, fix some cars. <laughs> I want that some wrenches around. Oh yeah, there's entirely like a, a Fast and Furious like storyline here potentially, <laughs> with just those two. Uh, I do like that they're working on used cars. <laughs> Even Mary comments like, "So this isn't like new cars. This is like we got to start somewhere." Yeah. yeah, and for her, she that's a real you know s- sign of growth on her part. She's very much proud of what they're accomplishing here. So yeah. Good on them. Good on them. Yeah, and what else is uh are we just sort of at the big the, two, the big two upstairs, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I will like to say though about Talbot there. Like he comes in with so much charisma and hupspa, you know, as this race car driver and really has a swagger, and he's definitely lost it by retiring from the driving, but you definitely feel in this episode like there's not much else going on with this guy. Yeah, he seems like a stand-up guy, but you're kind of waiting for. Well, you also we also find out that he's gonna be a dad, right? Maybe that's the gear he needs to kick into. And God knows, I mean, without spoiling anything, we know he's <laughs> he takes a sweet time showing up to Downton in, in the movie. So business yeah, must be booming true. soon. Yeah. Uh, but I think yeah, we're we're there's there's the two main events which is uh isabel and merton and then uh edith and the hexans and why don't we just do edith first yes please i'm glad you you want to do that so edith <laughs> is is back in spinster mode because of the revealing that marigold is her child to birdie there's something about that marigold she's down again life is tough yeah Birdie just knows his mother would never approve of marrying a woman who has a child. So Mary and, uh, goes and comes up with a plan that mm-hmm. she tells Rosamond to take Edith out to dinner, but then Birdie's waiting. And we can see that Birdie's been sad. He's been a sad boy for a while now. It's kind of funny, isn't that play that Mary's uh, running there the same one that the Pigman ran the year before with uh, uh, Fox? Yeah, maybe Lane Fox. Yeah, but she she maybe. learned. She learned from the best. She she learned from the Pigman. Should have been with the Pigman. Should have stayed with him. Really should have. <laughs> he really was a winner. Uh, but you know, people said, uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe people told her that she could do better. That that's the difference there. Hmm. We'll see in movie two know. how things are going for her. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Marigold, uh, she's going to school in London. Edith, Edith is a spinster. But yeah, they have this this dinner together. And then Birdie's like, I haven't stopped thinking about you. Let's just do this. I don't care what my mom says. It's you I, I want. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then we slow burn all the way through meeting mom. And mom is all about having a proper town and having a proper Lord Hexham with a mm-hmm. high moral compass and Robert's there to meet them. Yep. 
And then Edith, Edith is torn because she doesn't know what to do. And she goes, you know what, I'm just going to do it. And Edith tells Lady Hexum or Mama Hexum, whatever her, her name is, Miss Pelham. And yep. she's not too pleased at first. She, she, at first she says, Bertie's got to go. This is not going to be mm-hmm. the thing. And we're at their engagement dinner. And Bertie gets up to talk. And Robert is like, don't let this be a moment that you regret. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he says that to the mama. Mm-hmm. And that's when she says, to their health. Which is, you know, a tacit endorsement of the two of them. So, And then she, she, she says later that, you know, what Edith did was brave. And that's the kind of, you know, leadership that she really thinks that the family needs. Yeah. And I, I really like the moment, too, between Robert and Edith where they're, you know, taking a walk around the, the castle. And, you know, he's kind of feeling out where where Edith is. You know, it's, it's not about the loyalty to, to Gregson or any reservations that she has there, you know. She, she just wants to be like accepted <laughs> you know in this whole thing and uh good for them good for them and, and you know edith even thanks mary later and mary's like we're blood let's just you know be friends as part of friends yeah, then they shake hands <laughs> yeah. and they, the grip is real tight on the two of them uh but it's the happy ending that edith you know has been denied for so long uh, on the show it's it's really sweet yeah, I mean, it is exactly what it is. They they really don't spend, they don't dwell on the wedding. You know, the wedding is 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 the setting, but it's not like you're not staring at Edith as the thing goes. And I think that's very on brand for Edith to sort of not need the spotlight, but we're all happy for her. Yeah, and it's nice to see like you know the parents so happy for her, mm-hmm. considering how down Robert and Cora were on Edith at one point. You mean uh, earlier in Robert- the episode when they called her a spinster? Yeah, even Robert goes to bat, you know, for like Takora, like, yeah, this is this is great, <laughs> a good party, you know. Who yeah. That? Also, I love uh, was it Pat Moore's reaction like downstairs to like a wedding, like, oh, that's all I need, <laughs> just more work. <laughs> that's really the truth of it. It's just more work for the downstairs. Hey, uh, let it, that's what they signed up for. <laughs> but there is some great irony in that, that this is the level up uh, for for the the family, the Granthams, yeah, the Crawleys. <laughs> with uh, Edith, you know, usurping all of them in terms of power. Good for her. She's with a lord. Yeah. That leaves us with Isabella and Larry lord. Gray. My favorite plot in this whole episode. Larry Gray. Larry, well, Larry Gray is uh, Lord Merton's son. Okay. Merton's not not this... doing so well. Yeah, he's got, was it pernicious anemia? Anemia? Mm. Anemia? <laughs> and his family swoops in and say, his little bratty daughter-in-law and his son basically tell Isabel, stay away. Like, he wants to die with his family. Yeah, he, he doesn't need you bothering him right now. He, he's he's not doing too hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's funny, because <clears throat> there's, there's a moment where she comes to visit him at his house because there's already been some interactions with her, with his daughter where she wants nothing to do. They, they tried to pass off Merton to her, her earlier in the season. Like, oh, you know what? Take him. Uh, but now all of a sudden they want him because they realize he's going to be dying soon so they can collect some money. Mm-hmm. But when, when Isabel goes to visit her at the, visit him at the house and they just shut the door in her face, they have the moment where she's just standing there on the doorstep like, 
well, <laughs> I guess I won't be seeing him today. And then the Dowager's like, you want to see him? They're keeping you out? You just got to walk right in, show up unannounced, kick the door down, and go talk to him. I mean, the door was slammed in her face. What are you going to do, though? So she goes back to do it. And with the Dowager. With the Dowager, and the Dowager's sort of playing, you know, for someone who's not that mobile, she's she's mobile when she needs to be. Mm-hmm. And we see Lord Merton's like, is that is that Isabel that I hear? Oh, and he, he comes down. He's, he's the happiest boy he's ever been. Yeah. And, and, and what what was the thing? Uh, yeah, the, the, she just wants to get him out of there. Like, no, you're not going to die with these kids. They don't care about you. The kids are just being trash through and through. Oh, yeah. Uh, trying to pretend like they, they have his best interests in, in mind. And, and Lord Merton's like, you came to see me? And, and she's like, yeah. And they wouldn't let me. He's like, they, you wouldn't let her in. And the kid, the daughter-in-law is like, eh, eh. And then she's, they're, they're talking. And, and it's like, you just want the house? Take the freaking house, man. How's that sound? And I'm gonna, we're gonna go <laughs> I want to get, get down with this Isabel right here. <laughs> we're going to go get uh, married. I think it's one of the one of the most cutthroat lines in the whole show is when Lord Merton tells his son, he says, I love you as a son, but as a man, I don't like you at all. <laughs> he cuts to the core there. And then he says, take the house, you son of a... And I would say, actually, on this rewatch, because I've always kind of been pro-Clarkson for Isabel, this time it's definitely swung me like, you know what, Merton is the guy. This is the right man to be with Isabel. Uh, He's... Yeah, this is... Because I think I think Clarkson is a little too idealistic. I think Merton is just a, a, a very good dude. He's the best version of Mosley in some ways, I feel like. Yeah. Like he's, he's doofy, but he, he, he's not he's well intended. a doof. Exactly. Even more. Yeah, just he's just good. It's good. Great. And um, then we see at the wedding, Dr. Clarkson like sneaks up. He's like, hey, you know that anemia you have? Guess what? It's not that bad. Well, no, no. Yeah, it was. So I got some news about the anemia. And then I like how uh, Isabel jumps in. Oh, he doesn't have it? No, he, he does have it. <laughs> she, she was like already jumped all the way to the conclusion that, oh, the kids completely lied about that. But no, 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 he does have it. It's just not that bad. It's not perniciousness. That part about perniciousness, not not true. And I like that, that Lord Merton is like, so I'm not going to die? And yeah. Dr. Clarkson's like, well, I mean, you're not immortal. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, you're go- in fact, you're going to live for 2,000 years. <laughs> what? Good God. <laughs> I, w- I would have loved it if Clarkson got like a snipe in and been like, I did find that you had hepatitis, Merton. I'm so, sorry. I'm so sorry, that, Isabel. That's a blood-borne disease. Are you, sure, just are you so two you know. sharing needles by any chance? Yeah. Uh, it's just drops something in there to sour the relationship. But uh, no, Clarkson, he's above that. He's above that, He lets yeah. him be. So that's, an, I mean, that's a nice, that was a great, great little subplot there with Isabel. Really t- standing her ground. Yeah. Great moment. And how does the show end? With... Miss Hughes starting to sing "Old Lang Syne," Elsie Hughes, and uh, not the best rendition coming out of her mouth. If I got to be honest, it's about the the passion, not the product. I don't. I I don't even know if she's that passionate. She's just kind of singing it, and then everyone joins in, and then it gets a little bit better. Yeah, it's a it's a nice ending. It's a sweet ending. 
Yeah. And then we get a, a CGI Downton with snow coming down. Yep. Because the, the house doesn't <laughs> exist. I, IRL. <laughs> you almost expect the camera to pull out even more and it just to be in a snow globe. <laughs> it was all imagination. Yeah, it's, it's Mr. Bates like thinking about whether or not he should take the job. <laughs> <laughs> He's on the train holding the snow globe. Uh, the Titanic hasn't even sunk yet. <laughs> He saw the future. <laughs> that would be great. I would I would pay for that. <laughs> it's actually Julian Fellows holding the snow globe, just shaking it up. That would be also <laughs> great. I would love any sort of really terrible decision being made. Yeah. But this is a good finale. It's, a good, is, it's too neat. It's too nice. It, there's no... There's no... The losers... We'll go through who the losers are in a minute. Oh, we, we didn't even mention either... Branson in this episode uh, talking to oh, this Ms. blonde Edmund? gal who, yeah, who've been popping up, and then they just keep making like smiley faces at each other, and she catches the bouquet at uh, Edith's wedding, and then she smiles at Branson again, and we're completely being teed up for them becoming a thing, not even acknowledged by the time the movie comes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like who was she? I don't even know. Grand opening, grand closing. That's it. What do you think went wrong there? I think he probably was too... Con- business was booming. That's what was happening. He was uh, you, you think he was just too busy in the auto yeah. shop? <laughs> like, she's just trying to get more time, and he's just sliding out from under cars like, what do you want from the, me? I'm trying my best the here. The show is, is bridging the gap. <laughs> Branson just working on automobiles and getting frustrated at his lack of time to watch Sibby and <laughs> be with his family. And maybe you'd pepper in him reading some some Republican literature just to sort of tee up his his first act of the movie yeah it, it is funny to think too in the first two seasons like what was branson doing most of the time working on cars and then stalking sybil <laughs> like that that was pretty much his entire time so i guess he he has some spare time if it's if anything comparable yeah he doesn't have to stalk anymore he just has to work on cars yeah he stalks Sibby well no instead. yeah now he's got a father mm-hmm. all right it's power ranking time yeah, I did a top five and a bottom five. I, I just did the three minutes. Okay, I'll, I'll I'll knock my my five and four out then going down. Mm-hmm. Number five going down. I got Danker because okay, she's my number three. Okay, yeah, it's that she she <clears throat> tried to set up Septimus Spratt for uh you know getting fired all season especially failed. Yeah, no good. Uh, number four, I got Miss Edmund for what we just said. Because she doesn't catch, end up you with catch him. the bouquet. By the time the movie starts, Branson's a bachelor. <laughs> it would have been something if they started the movie off and she was married to Mosley, actually. That's how that it actually worked out Mosley? with that bouquet. Mosley? Ooh, I, I take oh, it. Oh, yeah. Heck yeah. All right, so at number three, I have Larry Gray and his wife. Because okay. they're money-hungry, soulless punks. Is that his wife? That's his sister. I, thought I think, he, I think the, it's his it, wife. Okay, well... It's his wife I got or his mo- sister, whoever it is. I don't care. You, you get negative points. Yeah. I got the same. Merton children going down to number two for me. They, they just get chewed out by uh, the father and the uh, They can't ultimately the have the worst week because they, again, they just get a house. Yeah. But they effectively are just cut out of the will otherwise, so... I mean, that's the way to get cut out of the will. It's like, have the house, but leave me alone. Yeah. And number two... I, okay, well, who's number two? I got Andy. Really? Because this boy spent the whole season trying to get Daisy to be nice to him. And he doesn't even fully seal the deal. 
by the end of the show. And then we know for a fact when the movie starts, the deal has yet to be sealed. True. He is friends with Barrow, though. There is that. <laughs> sure. Also, he probably would have to go see a therapist for finding a, a guy, you know, in a bathtub full of his own blood. Like, Andy does not yeah, leave scot free. He's he's traumatized, and he's being mm-hmm. he's being emotionally manipulated by Daisy. So, okay, not a fan. Well, number one though, number one, it's Carson. It's Carson. It's the the shakes. The dude. Yeah, he's got the shakes. He's going to lose his job. It's just the end of the road for him. It's such a shame. He 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 clearly wants to do this until he dies, but it's not not going to work out that way. If it's meant to be, it'll be. But not for not this time. Nope. All right. Well, going up, I got my five and my four. My number five is Branson and Talbot because I think we're setting them up for some independence outside of Downton, which is what they. I think all the men in this show, or rather, everybody who's not a Crawley needs some kind of independence mm-hmm. so good on them that's my number five number four is anna and mr bates because they have the baby kind of goes according to that's plan. pretty much it that's it can't say that it was <laughs> yeah. exciting you know they've overcome so much it's good that they have a happy ending you just kind of wish they had a little bit more of a uh a hands-on ending to the rest of the show rather than their own subplot yeah all right that's my, my five five and four who do you got number three Isabel, man, she she gets Merton. She's gonna level up and become more important than the Dowager by marrying this man. Mm-hmm. And you know, love wins at the end of the day, and her guy's not gonna die. She 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 willed it into existence. She made it work. Good for her. All right. Well, you know, I'm playing some games with my power rankings. I got Isabel too. I got, I'm on the fly changing it. Okay. Big, exactly what you said. This is she's laid down the law. It's my it's. Emotionally, she's my number one, but just in the plot, she's number three. Did what she needed to do. Well, number two, I got Barrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hands down, easy. He's got a new job. He's taking Carson's role, and he's going to get paid more. This is a long time coming for him. And you know he's just going. You him? know he's just going to turn heel again. Oh yeah, he's going to wait. He's going to. He's, he's got the power now. Yeah. And number one, it's Edith. It's Edith. After all she's been she, through. She's got that happy ending. I think that's kind of similar to where we left it before because you just can't argue with that. Edith has been through so much during the series to see her come out on top. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yeah, that's, that's it. That is the Down Abbey series finale until the movie. Until the movie, yeah. Until well, Little did we know the movie would lead to another movie. So we'll be back Who next knows? week with more movie or the first movie. <laughs> yeah. We, I, I can't actually wait to talk about it because it, it's I have not watched it since it came out in theaters and I've definitely forgotten some bits so I'm, I'm I'm eager to watch it again yeah and now that the hype train has moved on from that movie to another the second movie I think we can look at it with a little bit more honest of a critical eye which is a good thing yeah a little bit more objectivity uh, less enthusiasm <laughs> well different enthusiasm sure but it's, yeah. what else have you been watching Corey anything good I know you were in Spain. Not really. Yeah, I was in Spain this past week. Uh, in between Barcelona and Madrid. Highly recommend. 10 out of 10. Reminded me of my favorite places in, in, in Europe where the people are, are, you know, vibrant and the architecture is great. The food is fantastic. The wine, sangria, flowing. 
Loved it. Can't recommend enough. Great. I, on the flight, on the flight, I finished watching the Ultimatum on Netflix. Oh, I just I, I, start, I started watching it at the gym. It. Well, I can't wait to hear what you think of it. I've, it's I've definitely watched very the watchable. First two episodes. The third episode is when it kicks into gear. Yeah, I'm. I'm aware. The third episode's crazy. <laughs> That's actually maybe the peak of the show. And how many but, are there total? I think there's ten episodes. It, it, it goes quick, but. I don't know. There, there's just too many arguments on that show between the couples to make it as fun as something like Love is Blind. Mm-hmm. But I definitely felt trapped in a toxic relationship while watching it on a flight with nothing else to do. Yeah, I mean, the first couple so. episodes are basically the couples dealing with why they're splitting up in the first place. And yeah. that in and of itself, you, you're immediately drawing conclusions about who's in the right, who's in the wrong. And they're also... There's some swerves. They're all yeah, children. Yeah, that's the other thing. It's like they're all very young on this show. They're in their early to mid twenties. These people, I think there was actually some lying about their ages on the show for some reason. On what end? <laughs> they're actually older okay, than the presenter. Good, good. Yeah, some of them are like we've been together for a year and a half, and I gave them an ultimate. It's like what? <laughs> oh God, man, it's wild. Yeah, have you watched? You've been watching anything better? Well, I did finish that Australian dating show that I said I would check mm. in on. Back with the ex, where the people get back with their exes. And I will say, I don't, I think it's a resounding pass for me. It's very easy really? to watch, but the people are all like the end feels so emotionally manipulated. And then I did a little homework and every couple from the show is no longer together. So it was all just a, a work. N- not necessarily because I think some of them gave it a shot, but you know, it's kind of mm. tough when you're trying to be more endearing than something like love is blind where it's so, you know, you have a finale where the guy's like, some of us were here to be on TV. This show is yeah. like, these people all really think that they're going to get back with their ex. So, uh, not not great. Um, Got it. But, you know, it's it's good uh, treadmill, elliptical workout TV to just have on, just to turn your brain off. But, like, look at good-looking people travel the world, you know? That's all we want. That's <laughs> all we want from our TV yeah, shows. Yeah, that's all that we want from our phones sitting on cardio equipment. Yeah. But I think with that, we can wrap up. Yeah. Uh, big big shout out. I know for everyone who listened to our High Clear Castle Gin last week episode, that's uh, really cool. Share that. Buy the gin. Let them know. Mm-hmm. Because uh, any any opportunity we get to work with them is fun. They're fun people, I think. Yeah. No, they're great. So, And someone bought a shirt recently on our merch store. Yeah. It's still kicking. Thank you. Once yeah. the Dow and Hype dies down, we're really going to dive back into a full-on new logo new merch new everything it's kind of tough to do that in the midst of like the culmination of what the show is about just watching things yeah not to mention traveling and moving and and life and whatnot so and covid so you know all those things the world is is wild thank you so much for letting us be a part of your world yeah and we're still here you can find us on twitter facebook instagram email us at lordscrantham at gmail.com and if you so choose you can leave us a five star rating and review on itunes or five stars on spotify as well if you so choose thank you so much for listening Mm -hmm. see you soon